With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome back to Kid of Street Noise. I hope you had an amazing week as a Black and Rovers fan. I'm sure nothing has happened that could possibly have upset you. I think everyone's on a positive vibe and we're ready to crack on, ready for our playoff push. Playoff push? Playoff push? Starting after the FA Cup game against Wrexham on Monday. Lewis, how are you? How are you feeling? Yeah, all right. Um, obviously, I've been like Rovers really. It is a bit grim. But, um, and that's being so, positive. Yeah, yeah, it's just sort of the way things are at the minute, isn't it? It's just, mm-hmm. just how it is. Um, we've had some more frustrating news today, um, which I'm sure we'll touch on uh, slightly later on. Um, yeah, it's just, after the last season, it is just like really discouraging and deflating, I suppose. Um Came so close to playoffs last season, really good cut run as well, and now it's just completely the opposite this season, isn't it? To be honest. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, things were bad off the pitch as well last season. I think there was a bit of. Um, it was almost like a rebellion with the players and JDT as manager, like we were almost like fighting against all the things going off on the pitch and trying to yeah. bring that relationship back with the fans, but. I feel like the players have given up slightly now and I'm not criticising the players in any way because they have put in 110% for the last 18 months with a small squad with not much depth, not much experience to fall back on during hard times. I think, And I think it's just got too much, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they were losing the fans already, but once the players stopped showing that character and that fight, I think it soon spirals into toxicity i think there were times earlier on in this season or towards the end of last season when we fell out of the playoffs where it could have got bad but people knew they were putting everything into it 
it only takes one or two games where it doesn't look like that's the case. I'm not accusing him of not putting everything into it, but it only takes one or two games where it doesn't look like that's happening and the fans soon turn and it soon becomes even more horrible than it already is. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're going to talk about the Wrexham game on Monday. We're going to discuss some questions uh, that was asked on a different podcast. Uh, we'll also talk about the fans forum. Um I think that's the that the biggest part of the podcast. That's the one I've made the most notes on. Um and then there's like a few bits about the club and then obviously the news today surrounding Adam Wharton and the court date appeal thing in Bobby. So we'll start with Wrexham. Um obviously play them half seven I was just about to say half seven kickoff and then I remembered the Fulham picture that I sent you today. So, oh, not match day activation. Yeah, so I'm gonna put it up on the. I'm gonna put it up on the screen when I edit yeah. this. Um, there was a big screen on in Fulham Concourse, and it said, "Please take your seats. Match day activation will begin shortly." And it just sounded too American, and just it's just horrible. That's just not football. That. It just like, me on, like, on concourse with me having a beer or something like better get up there and match the activation store. Yeah. You know? yeah. What time <laughs> did you get down to Ewood? Oh, about, about 20 minutes before I match the activation, mate. I don't, I don't like to get in there early. <laughs> it's just like, it's not something you'd ever see. But someone's created that graphic and I just think, I can just imagine like a young intern, like, what do I write here? Like, what's it called at the start of football? Like, uh, Match day activation, I think. Yeah, yeah, it must be something like that. They must not have another name for it. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Like, I'm guessing what 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 they were like referring to was like the um like the flags and like the, the display whatever they had. I, I didn't I didn't watch the game last night, but I saw the pictures and I saw they had like flags and the seats and everything. So they must have had, like some kind of display, but surely just like like take your seats for the pre-match <laughs> display or something. Just keep it simple. Yeah. Like, Match day activation. Um, yeah, so half seven kickoff Monday night. Um, obviously, quite a big draw. Um, they're like the most popular team. Um, and a, a good draw, really. Like, you wanted to draw a League Two side if you wanted to try and progress into the later rounds. And pro- they're probably the most popular one that could have galvanized like a full crowd, um, especially in the yeah. way end. I think they sold out their allocation, they got a bit extra today. I think there were like seven and a half thousand coming down with them on Monday. Um, what did you think of the Wrexham fans' reaction? Because we saw the video from the Turf Pub just after the draw. What did you think of that? It was a bit strange, wasn't it? I mean, when they saw us come out, they were all kind of dreading it. They're like, "Oh no, 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 no!" And then a couple, only a couple of seconds later, when they found out it was them that we were going to be facing, they were all, they all seemed to be like. Quite excited, went on. They weren't like ecstatic or anything, but they seemed quite up for it. Um, but I mean, I mean I, I've done it myself watching the draw in the past where like, teams come out at home and I've been like, no, no I don't want to go. Like, you know, someone like, say something, someone like Norwich comes out at home and you're like, I mean, it, it, it can't be a bad draw for them though. I mean, what? No, one yeah, and a half hours down the road and it's a different situation for them than it is for us though, isn't it? Because um you know, it's not often they get the opportunity to, to come to a ground the size of Ewood, you know, let's, let's be honest. 
Yeah, I think that's what like where they were like, no, 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 like a bit unsure of the draw. That's the thing that confused me because like, surely they can't in recent years have played at many bigger grounds or like a, a ground with so much history. And like, I know some of them said like, oh, we want a prem team away, but the prem team smaller than us. Like, yeah. you could have got. I mean, I don't, I don't even know who's in the rest of the draw. I'm trying to not focus on football at the minute, the way things are going, but. Um, like you could have got Luton away, Burnley away, Bournemouth away, uh, Brentford away. They're all like worse draws to get than Blackburn Rovers, I mm. think. Especially like the smaller grounds. Is it really that exciting? And probably they'd have less. Big anyway. Yeah, definitely not get a big allocation, but they'll have less chance of winning. I, th- I feel like we will have enough on Monday to get through, but they'll also be coming here thinking if they can get the crowd behind them, if they can keep it us quiet for the first 20 minutes, get a bit of like, backing behind them and get something to hold on to, they will. Um, they'll, they'll fancy themselves. Like, the longer the game goes yeah. on, they'll fancy themselves to get something. Uh, I've wrote down my notes. It's a chance for a big crowd, but looking at the ticket map, we don't seem to have sold many. Um, I mean, there's plenty of reasons for that. The Being on TV is one of them being moved to Monday night's another one. If it had been on a Saturday, I'm pretty sure more people would have made the journey over. It's difficult to come over for a night game, especially if you live further away than normal. Um, do you, Are you coming back for the game? I know you're working on Sunday, but... No, I'm, I'm not. I, I think I would have... Because um, I was down to work round three, and um, I didn't end up doing any of those games. So I was like penciling for round four as well. And I was like, well, if I'm not going to be working round four and Rovers are at home on a Saturday, then I'll, then I'll come up for it. But with it being on the, on the Monday night, I don't think... Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to bother. You've got a better FA Cup time on Sunday anyway, haven't you? What are you, what are you yeah, doing I'm on the, um, the, the West Brom Wolves game for ITV. Um, yeah, Sunday morning kickoff. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pleased with this. We've got a very early start. But uh, no, it should be good because I, I haven't done too much football since I started at AE, so um, no, forward to it. Yeah, yeah, it should be a good game. That's one that I'm looking forward to watching. Um, I, I always like big games like on FA Cup weekend. I try and watch as much as I can over the weekend. Um, I'm not really sure. Yeah. I mean, there's some strange TV picks in the um, in the draw, but um, there are some games that I will be looking forward to watching as well. So, are you going? I always ask this question in the cup rounds. Are you going strong team, try and win? Are you going rotated team, give people a rest? What's your opinion? I think JT will try and go as strong as possible. Um, you know, we know how much like the cup means to him. Um, I think he'll also kind of factor in recent results in the league and, um, I try and put even more importance uh, on it. Um, so I think I say I say go as strong as possible, but that's like almost been hindered by injuries and I mean, we lost Carter and Pickering at the weekend, didn't we? And that's both of those. I mean, Carter's definitely going to be long term, but Pickering. You know, there's, there's a bit of uncertainty there, but the way the way it kind of went down, it, it looks um, it looks more long term. 
Um, I, I doubt we'll see both of them again this season, to be honest. So as strong as possible, um, even when you take into account the injuries. That, 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 that's what I think. That, that's the approach I think he'll, uh, I think he'll take. Yeah, I mean, I say like, would you rotate the squad a bit? But with the depth we've got and the injuries we've got, there's not really much choice, have you? I mean, we'll we'll talk about the interest later on in some of our players. Adam Warson's obviously had a bid rejected today from Crystal Palace. Sam Gallagher's had another bid rejected from Ipswich. I don't think we'll see any of them feature because if you are holding out for a bigger bid in the hopes of getting some investment into the club you won't be risking him in an FA Cup game against the League 2 side. You'd probably mm. play Tronstad and Garrett or another central midfielder. I, I, I only named Tronstad and Garrett at the minute. We could do with like another central midfielder that's played 200 games in a championship, but for some, re- for some reason he's on a loan at Ipswich. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to the game. I'm going, me and Rebecca are sitting in the top tier of the Jack Walker in the posh sheets. Um, just so um, obviously we both watch Welcome to Wrexham together she's not a fan of Wrexham but she does look out for oh, yeah yeah Blake Blake we're over here <laughs> come and have a Sodexo hot chocolate wheels um, but yeah we're um, we're looking forward to it anyway so um, the next thing I want to get on to I was watching the Rovers chat podcast the other week and there was one of the questions answered to the three of them on there. And it was, where will we be in five years' time? Now, when I wrote the notes for this, it was like 10 days ago um, when I heard this, when I saw this question. My answer's probably changed since today. Um, not Probably not changed drastically in terms of direction, but I, I think the downward trajectory would have lasted longer before today's news if that makes sense where do you think we'll be in five years time I don't think obviously like none of us can can tell none of us got a crystal ball I don't think it's ever been more uncertain though to be honest um, in terms of like the like the spectrum and, and how varied it, it, it could be I mean, on the one hand, it does look very bleak, um, but five years is a long time in football and things can change. Right? I mean, I put down in my notes um, that the best example of that is probably Coventry. I mean, they've endured like, a, a torrid period in the history in recent years. Relegation to League Two, problems with their ownership, playing in Birmingham, but now to like come out the other side of that, got to play our final last season, and now they're pushing for the playoffs again, and there just seems to be a really good like feel good factor, there, which there hasn't been for ages really. So that's the kind of other route that you're looking at for Rovers. I mean, but yeah, that, that, that's that's kind of best case scenario in in my eyes, I think. Yeah. Um... I mean, it's going to have to take a monumental shift in yeah. upstairs staff, <clears throat> I would say, to have any chance of that. And that's happened with Coventry, obviously. The 
the one thing they've got in common wheels is our CEO at the minute. He was obviously there whilst they were going through the troubles and uh, financial mismanagement that led them to playing in Northampton. And um, obviously, I don't think things will ever get back that bad at Ewood, but since they've or since he's come to Blackburn, they seem to have hit a mine and gone the opposite way. They've like completely. I know they had a couple of seasons in League One and. Um, once it got promoted to the championship, they were loitering around the bottom half, but they just—I mean—they're doing it the right way. They're finding players on a cheap. We spoke wax lyrical about Victor Jokeres last year. Got a bit of interest in the summer. Managed to get fifteen million for him. Reinvested it. Probably not that um, savvy this summer. Um, Sims and oh, his name escapes me. The guy who scored against at Coventry. Um, scored the winner of the place. I want to say Hodger, but I think I'm sure that's wrong. Um, yeah, they, they spent they spent money on them too, and they haven't obviously returned the goals that Jokeres scored last year. But eventually, they will get it right, and they are still challenging towards the top end of the league. We just seem to be in a downward trajectory. I thought things would have picked up last season with JDT coming in and it has improved the player's value, has improved the overall value of the squad. But there's only so much you can do. And if... like the, I was speaking to someone today like about the about the Rovers situation and the amount of potential value that we've lost in recent years is absolutely mad. Like Obviously, Lenehan going on a free, Niambi... Um, Diaz, Dak. I think the last person we saw was Armstrong for like decent money, mm. and it and it and it just constantly like raises like conspiracy theories of are they trying to make a loss? Like if if we'd have sold Brereton, Diaz, and Dak, we could have got a, enough money to make a profit one season, and then yeah. like. I mean, both of those at the peak valuation were fifteen million, the same as Armstrong. Um, Kaminsky, I'm mean, only getting 2.5 million for Kaminsky. And I know that was affected by the financial, the change in the financial situation in the summer. But I mean, that's just, that's pennies for Kaminsky. That's yeah. an absolute steal. Yeah. yeah, it's mental. And then even getting 2 million for Ashley Phillips. I know he wanted to go and his agent made it difficult, but. I don't know. We said that if we sold him, we want like a loan back for this season. It weren't available at the time in the summer. Now it is. And I don't understand how, because Tottenham have let Eric Dyer go and obviously Phillips gone out to Plymouth. So they're really short on centre-backs. So if they wanted to keep enough centre-backs in the summer, why do they want to get rid of two now? It just doesn't make sense. So we're just not asking for him back because of the wages situation. Obviously, the business we've done so far in January has been... It, it, it's... It's crazy when you think about like loaning Travis out. And I know we like need to save on wages and stuff, but why do we need to save on wages? Our wage budget mm-hmm. isn't massive compared to the rest of the championship. We're something like fourth or fifth bottom. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's, that's something with the structure that's been put in place. It's been cut down over a number of years. So to think of it being cut further, it's just... It's, it's going to catch up with you. Yeah. Well, we saw the um, 
the football index like released like the um the wages didn't they from the um, or like the losses from like the financial years and the championship and they were saying that everyone like loses money and Rovers are doing quite well. I think we lost like 42 million in 2014, which were ridiculous. That's a lot of money. But then yeah. up until 2017, we got it down to like single figures, like losing 2 million, losing 1 million, and then we were relegated. Now, obviously, like cutting that wage budget is a reason that we've um, eventually gone down. But if you just stayed up that season, it, the problem is like it's inevitable that if you keep cutting, eventually you will go down. There's yeah. never gonna, we're never going to get to a situation where we can cut the wage budget and improve. But there has to be hope. There has to be, oh, we'll just cut the wage budget for the next three, get through the next three years, get some investment, and then we'll try again. At the minute, it's just cut, cut, cut. And it's not just on-field stuff. It's the off-the-field stuff as well. So we're just like, we're literally tearing hope out of every single Rovers fan. And that's what football's all about. You want to hope that you're going to win on Saturday. You want to hope that the season's going to turn around and you'll get in the playoffs. You want to hope that you might make it to Wembley for a semi-final, but that hope's yeah. just being ripped out of us. On a more positive note, <laughs> um, I've lost my notes now. Where are we up to? Um, so we'll go on to the fans' forum now. Yeah, yeah, five years' time. We're screwed. I don't think we'll make it to five years to... Um, I mean, after the news today, but we'll get on to that. Fans forum. So um, there was a fans forum on the 8th of January where people gather around and ask questions of the um, senior management and see what the future of the club is all about, basically. In the first point, administration is mentioned. I think the first question was rightly aimed at the Indian court situation about sanctioning funds for the club. And Steve Waggett said, if a club cannot legally pay its bills the first thing it will do is enter into administration now at least he's being honest and coming out and saying it um but at the time he said that there wasn't much reason to suggest that this funding wasn't going to go through next or like this month now we all know today that it's been delayed till march whether that means they can do it but i don't know what it means but it's worrying. If someone's mentioned administration, unless it gets accepted, and it doesn't get accepted on that date, that is surely worrying for the club. Um, there were also some quotes like um, Steve Waggett said, other clubs are based in larger communities with much bigger crowds. Now, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of city clubs in the championship um, that don't have a massive population build on us. Um like I'd say like like cities like Coventry and Leicester, yeah, probably double our population, but cities like Hull yeah. are massive compared to us. And the crowds are getting are around twenty thousand, but they're doing that with good marketing. Like and I believe if we had a similar marketing structure to what they do, we'd get the same crowds. We'd get the um community more involved. The the problem is that the communities are priced out of being part of that crowd that he wants. So he's saying, he's almost like spinning it around and saying, well, the community is not big enough, the crowds aren't big enough. That is because of you. Like, what, yeah. what do you want us to do? We can't overpopulate just so we can fill Ewood. Like, um... Well, I, I read that and I looked at like, the populations of our, uh, yeah, 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 the, the populations of our nearest rivals. So 
well, in the football league. Anyway, obviously, Burnley in the Premier League now, that's kind of a different thing to compare to high standard football that you're paying for. Blackburn has got a bigger, slightly bigger population than Preston. The charging less for season tickets and selling more season tickets. Blackburn also has a bigger population than the town of Bolton. Not, 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 the, the district is a much bigger population than Blackburn's, but the town itself, Blackburn has a bigger population. Bolton are charging less for season tickets and selling more. So out of those three, so it was like two of our closest rivals, two of our closest competitors in terms of the fan base. Um, both have smaller populations, and yet we're getting smaller attendances. So the, there's lack of there's like a lack of um, pointing the finger at themselves. I think at the club that there just seems to be like, oh no, it's not our fault. It's not our fault. No, this is you. Yeah. If, if, and. Like obviously today's new, like people, a lot of people have like stayed on. Well, they're still funding us. They're still doing this. They're still doing that. Um, and like if we have bigger crowds, we'll be able to compete because of financial fair play and all stuff like that. Today's news is just like clubs don't go into administration because of financial fair play. Financial fair play is so people so clubs don't do that. It's just a, literally a lack of funding. Like they just will not do it. Um. Do you think a lot of people are just being blindly stubborn by sticking to that narrative? Like, it's almost like they can't be bothered to like think anything else. Like, just just propose a different kind of idea of what's going on to themselves. They just, they just won't do it. They'll just stick with that. Bankers are funding the club. They're doing kind of all they can. Do you think a lot of people are just like sticking to that and not even considering? I don't know what What's it is. Happening? I mean, I mean, I meant I, I, before all the news came out today. Um, someone was saying about the low crowds, like the rest of the season, like we need to get behind the team, make sure we stay up. I said, well, why don't they do hundred pound for the last nine games? Right, mm. right. Like, it's. I know it, it sounds cheap, but the reason it sounds cheap is because the season tickets are so overpriced. Nine pound, uh, t- nine games, a hundred pound over a full season would be a £250 season ticket. So at the minute, it sounds really cheap, but if your season ticket were a normal price, like Bolton's, like Preston's, nine pound for, uh, nine games for £100, wouldn't be cheap. It'd just be the normal price of normal tickets. Yeah. So, <clears throat> and then someone said, well, that's unfair on me because I stumped up for my season ticket at the start of the season. Well, yeah, but you were ripped off. Like, yeah. like you, you can't just keep having this bitter, well, I paid it, I paid it, so everyone else should. I paid it. Well, well yeah, but no one else can afford to pay it. You, you look at you, like, I feel like screaming at people, like, if you can afford to pay your season ticket cash up front, in, in the cost of living crisis at the minute, you are lucky. You're one payday away from being at the same position as someone else. And I don't want to, like, get into politics and all that lot, but pe- pe- people are struggling. And then, Steve Waggett said, um, when someone mentioned, why don't we do a direct debit system, a bit like Hull, um, that do £20 a month for the full year. They don't just do it through the season, they do it for the full year. You just pay £20 a month, you get your tickets for every home game. 
Steve Waggett said, we can't do direct debit because fans might cancel if we start doing poorly. But but they're not going to notice. They'll notice £430 in June when they have to buy school uniforms and they have to pay for the holidays when they go if they can afford to go on holiday in the summer. They'll notice £430 up front. They might not notice as much as £20 a month. But then like the, the month coming up in February, if you're paying £20 a month direct debit and you're getting four home games, or like you, you say you get your Wrexham game becomes cheaper because you're paying your direct debit, it's a tenner. I'm paying 30 quid for four home games. All of a sudden, bloody hell, I'm enjoying going Rovers because it doesn't it doesn't feel like value for money at the minute. Does that make the sense? Thing is with that, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the thing is with that as well is that what's the, what's the difference really between that and, say, Rovers finishing where we are now, 17th, 18th this season, and people, when it comes to renewal time, saying... 17th, 18th in the championship, and I'm paying 429 quid. I'm just, it's just not justifiable. If we finish 17th, 18th, how many people will renew at that price? Well, not I'm, many, not, 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 not as many. No, anyway. But I feel like a lot of people are already thinking about that because, let's be honest, the match day experience isn't worth what we're paying. Um, Ewood's grubby. Um, it's not easy to get to. I mean, I think I'd, I'd look to like public transport to get to Ewood for me because uh, like me and Rebecca would go down on the bus on Monday night, but I get the bus into town, then the bus to Ewood. Like I can see Ewood from my house on a clear day. Why do I have to get the bus? Like on like why aren't football special buses running from every area, like surrounding areas? That's why a lot of fans have gone to. I don't say they're like they're switching over to support Bolton, but if there's fans in this area that don't necessarily have like a almost like a a connection to a club, if they want to go yeah. watch football on a weekend, they'd rather go and watch Bolton because it's cheaper. It's like a family day out. We don't have anything like that at Ewood. I know they're enjoying some kind of success. Yeah, no, yeah, they're doing well, but. Awesome. Even even last season when they're, they're probably like on the outskirts of the playoffs last season, but even then they were still getting the twenty thousand plus. Like the family stand tickets are sold out every week. We're still charging four hundred and thirty pound for the Riverside, and it's four hundred and thirty pound for the Jack Walker Upper Tier. That I mean, the two completely different experiences. One's got yeah. an indoor concourse. One's got a concourse at the end with two staff members on it. And if you go for a drink at our time, you're not getting back to fourth officials putting his board up for added time in second half. Like it, it's so. Oh, no, my head is gonna go. My head will actually go because I've just. And then, like, if he has the cheek to say we can't do direct debit because fans might cancel if we start doing poorly. That's fine. If everyone signed up to do a direct debit and got a ticket in August. And like there were twenty two thousand on, the experience is better. So people they go down to where you would. It's full atmosphere is better. Everyone enjoys it. It doesn't matter if you drop out of the playoffs and go like bottom half of the table. There's an actual buzz to go into Ewood. At the minute, there isn't that buzz. You're walking down um, Sandy Lane, and you're worried if we're, like we're away from home and you've just forgot. There's no one there. <laughs> Like, it used to be a time where if you drove down Sandy Lane past two o'clock on a match day, you were getting stuck. Like, there was no yeah. way out. Now, like, I 
I'd drive past Ewood to go and park at top of Mill Hill. Like, you, you could never do that before. No. And I, I just, I could just shout. Well, when, it's, it's, it's like now when I go with dad, like mum, mum will drop us off at McDonald's. Years ago, you would never get that far. No. Like, I mean, that, in the Premier League days, when I first started going, that McDonald's was a walkthrough. Yeah. Like, every, every home game, you'd have people like walking through. So, it's, yeah. so uh, I mean, the direct debit comment was just ridiculous, I thought. He then went on to talk about the club making a little less on fan takeover day for the Watford game. I don't really know what game he's comparing it to because you're comparing it to Leeds and Preston game, obviously you're going to take in less revenue because more away fans, more home fans are going to turn up for them games. People are going to drink more like because it is a local derby. People will be out for the day, whatever. We had an extra 6,000 home fans on. I don't understand how we've made a little less. I, I, I want to see the figures on how we've made less. I can understand like more stewarding, more policing and stuff, uh, more staff. But I don't understand how we've made, and how like when you say I've, we've made a little less, are we talking two hundred thousand pound? Are we talking a thousand pound? Are we talking nominal figures? Like what are we talking about? Just saying, oh, we're not doing that again because we're in a little less money. I think the big thing though is what what you say in the what is he comparing it to? Because like. For me, a, a game like Watford at home should be compared to any other like sort of equivalent Saturday three o'clock home game. It shouldn't be compared to Preston or because Preston or Leeds they're like the ones that let's be honest, they're the biggest home league games of the season. This season, yeah. You know, um, well that's what the attendance figures I compared it to the Swansea at home game. So that's why we got the six thousand extra home fans because I think they're like eleven and a half thousand on for the Swansea game, and then I think it was like seventeen eight for the Watford game, and they both brought around eleven hundred, twelve hundred. So like I had to look back through and look which games you compare it to. You can't compare it to a Tuesday night again. Can't compare it to Leeds and Preston. So like I want to see the table of comparison of what he is comparing it to, and if it is costing more, and like you can show that it's because of stewarding, because of policing. That's fine, but I'm not having you say, oh, we made less money. Everyone move on. No one asked me any questions. We made less money, simple as that. Yeah. Um, other things in the fans' forum uh, say standing. Um, they got the results back from the vote for that. 91% of Blackman fans are in favour, uh, uh, including safe standing at Ewood. 55% are willing to consider crowdfunding. Why? people know how much it costs to install safe standing like i'm just going off um celtic parks figures so they did the like the curve in the corner around three thousand seats and it was three hundred thousand pounds to take out the old seats and put in the new ones so we're gonna do a like you said the blocks no1 and no5 which i think is about two thousand seats so i'd say it's gonna be two hundred thousand pound where are Rovers fans going to get £200,000 from to crowdfund this for the Blackman end? Mm. And should they have to? You'd hope, not. You'd hope that if that's something us as supporters want, then the club should 
accommodate that and pay for it. But to, when I saw it on the on the kind of on the phone, the the questionnaire, I was like. When I first shot, I was like, that's, that's cheeky, that. Yeah, I voted no. You don't think, you don't think the same? Yeah, I, I voted no for crowdfunding it. No, I'm not willing to. Mm. Crowdfunding is stuff that Darwin National League teams do. That mm. It is not a, a high-level championship club thing to do. It's just not. Like, if you're paying, if you're willing to pay players £15,000 a week plus... You cannot ask the fans to pay for something. You can't. It's just... it. I, 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 I just take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. <laughs> I, it, it's crazy. You, you're asking people that are paying the fourth most expensive season ticket in the league to then go deeper into the pockets to provide funding for a thing that most of the top teams in the Premier League have done or are doing... Most of the teams in the championship have done or do it. Birmingham did it for the whole lower tier of their ground. They didn't get crowdfunding for it. They did it. And like, yeah, like the recent results in championship, like position-wise, the last few years haven't been great. The wage budget is still higher than ours. And they can crowd, they can fund that and do that. To their, I mean, it took a while and it was a mess for a long time, but we're only doing two sections of the Blackburn end. I'm sure you can move them people, even if you do it in the summer, like I'm People are willing to wait, but to ask fans to crowdfund, no, not having that at all. Realistically, how many people are going to put their hands in the pockets? If you said put a tenner in, you're going to need 20,000 people to put a tenner in. We, we, we don't have that. I, just, I don't know. I don't know. Have you got any thoughts on it? Yeah, I, I think it's um, it's unrealistic. Um, and, and yeah like, like you say it's just not really not really fair and not it's not proper not proper practice um, for a club at our level really but if 55% consider or are, are considering it then I don't know if they, if they want to put something towards it then but to me, it just comes across as not not the proper thing for a club like ours to do. That, that, that's. I mean, I looked at um, so I looked at the box and hounds wall, like they were going to pick the black and rose badge they've got on the back garden wall at the minute. Yeah. And I inquired about um, getting a mural done, so it's going to be Jack Walker and Alan Shearer with a Premier League trophy. Obviously, it'll be the 30 year anniversary next year. I thought it'd be a fantastic thing to crowdfund for. Um, again, and, and and I wasn't really. I think the price that we got quoted for it, uh, which if anyone's interested, is four thousand one hundred pounds. Paint the whole wall, and that includes like material hire because they'll need scaffolding and a machine to like go in and lift them up and stuff. Um, which I thought was quite a quite a fair price to be honest and I thought that was yeah. easily like well not easily crowdfundable but if people got behind it we could crowd crowdfund that over the summer or over the start of the season to have it done ready for next year's celebrations yeah I just that is like a crowdfundable amount and it's not really on the club's 
um, property, so I can understand I'm not wanting to get involved. But to, but to ask fans to crowdfund stadium investment, it's just, it's just bonkers, absolutely bonkers. So yeah, uh, I don't think it'll be happening anytime soon. Anyway, because I can't see us raising that amount of money. Can't see him getting the right people in to do it with the the senior members of staff we've got to try and organise it. Yeah. Um, the Liverpool Legends event was also mentioned at the fans forum. Um, someone brought it up that um, it, it shouldn't really be happening at Ewood Park. It's a, a weird thing to um, to have to host. Um, Steve Waggett oh. mentioned that he didn't even know about it, which weird. Um, why would the CEO not know about something like that occurring at your park? And then he wants to put something in place so it doesn't happen again. So does that mean he is going to put something in place so it doesn't happen again? Or is it just, I want to do it, but I'm Something he's saying just to appease fans. Yeah. Um, I, I think the fact that he didn't know is, that's true, that's like, astounding. Um, like, the, I think the, it's a the lie. Not sure, but if it is the, the idea of a CEO of a business not being aware of an event taking place, that business's main premises is just <laughs> you, just, you just, can't believe it. Can you? <laughs> you can't put a word on it. Like, it begs the question if he didn't know about it or approve it, who did give it the green light? You know, was it like just like snuck through the back door because whoever approved it for Waggett might have had a problem with it because because of how it looks? Who, who did? If, if he didn't have anything to do with it, then who did? Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I put a lot of pressure on uh, Yasir Sufi this week on Twitter. Um, he was more than proud um, to show off our Equality and Diversity Award. Um, given to us by the EFL, which is great. Obviously, a fantastic thing and sh- um, something we should be promoting as a club. And I simply yeah. asked him, um, as the inclusion manager at such a proud-to-be-diverse club, what his opinion of Peter Beardsley, who was banned from football for racially abusing young black players, being a guest speaker at Ewood Park next month. His first reply was, it's not hosted by the club, um, it's someone else that's doing it, nothing to do with us. I then sent a screenshot back of the event with Ewood Park listed as the location. Regardless of who's booked it, he's still a guest speaker at Ewood Park. Just because yeah. he's not booked it, the club's not hosting it, doesn't mean anyone can Probably do it. Than yeah. Um, obviously, there was a spat on social media. Not going to say his name. Don't want to engage with him. Not asked. Not interested in what he has to say. But if we were to host an event and he was a guest speaker, this person that I don't want to mention, would there be an uproar then? Would there be situations that he wouldn't want to get involved in or would he would he have something to say about that? And that's where the hypocrisy and the irony annoys people. Um, mm. I tweeted him again asking... But I, didn't, I wasn't being threatening. I wasn't being... Um, I'm trying to think, like, 
I was trying to be as polite as possible and just asking him what his opinion is. I, I don't I don't want an explanation. I don't want him to come out and say, um, actually, I'm going to cancel it tonight. I, I want him to tell me his honest opinion, and I, and he couldn't do that. Um, and when I tried, well, I tweeted him again yesterday morning, and when I tried to read the reply or to read if he's seen it or not, um, I noticed his Twitter account had been deleted. So rather than tell me what his opinion of um, Peter Beardsley being a guest speaker at Ewood is, he chose to just ignore me and delete Twitter, which is, are they the kind of people you want to be a senior manager at Blackburn Rovers Football Club? Right, just bit of pressure, a few questions, no threatening questions, just a question. Um, I didn't expect him to do anything, just wanted an honest opinion on it, and he'd rather delete Twitter and just not answer it. And these are like the senior leaders that we have at our club at the minute. It's just a, a sad, sad state of affairs. Mm-hmm. Um, what else is happening? Launched a new website. Um, there's technical issues on the ticketing side of it. It won't let me order tickets online. It says that I don't have an account. I don't, unless I've been banned. Don't know. Um, they spent ages trying to um, sort out the new look retail website. They said a new look retail website was coming. It was going to be great. You'd be able to buy the new training kit on there. And then they launched the old website and said they postponed the launch of the new look retail website due to technical issues. So don't really, I don't really trust them to do anything at the minute. It's just where where do you start? Or do you start or do you just give up? We're just like shouting it's into fog. Like, it just feels like they're under the, the impression that nothing like really nothing re- nothing really is that important and nothing really matters. Like deadlines done, nothing really needs to be done in any sort of time frame. <laughs> that's, that's how it feels. Yeah. It's just yeah, the fans will wait, it'll be fine. Doesn't really yeah. matter, does it? It'll be done eventually. Yeah. Maybe. And like for a club desperate for revenue, desperate for money, surely they put a lot more focus into getting a website where you can buy tickets and buy like retail stuff. But what do I know? Just a sad fan. <laughs> um, I've got some notes on the UK football governance um, like court thing. Did you watch that? Have you watched it? No, I haven't. Known. No, so it was with uh, Richard Masters, who's the um, chairman of the Premier League, and then Rick Parry, who's the chairman of the EFL. And they were just talking about the things that we already know, the gaps widening in between the Premier and the Championship, a regulator's needed, they're arguing about money, like percentages of who's going where and what's going where. They want to protect, so they want to protect the relegated clubs from the Premier League without giving them parachute payments because, obviously, the parachute payments are hyperinflated the team squad and it's got to the point now where teams can get relegated and keep the best players and therefore go straight back up and it's just getting a bit samey is that the best word for it samey um it's good i mean it's good it's like a two-hour watch on youtube you can see some like really good bits where he starts to sweat where he's put under a bit of pressure um uh, but um a regulator is needed in foot in, in English football, especially. It's getting we like we bang on about how good the football pyramid is in this country, but 
eventually we will lose if we keep treating it like this we will lose it like there will be a separate division one two and three and then a premier league on its own and it'll just be i mean you've seen it this season with the top three promoted teams rock bottom of the prem no chance of staying up really and top three in the championship yeah. apart from it switch the three relegated teams it's i mean everton are being threatened with a further 10 point deduction another 10 point Sheffield United being threatened as well with uh, 10 points. If City are found to have cheated, where does it leave the game? If the most successful club in this country over the last 10 to 15 years has won nothing that they've won fairly or by the rule book, what then? Well, I mean, at the minute, it's going to get to the point where there's no point the season taking place because they'll just be like, oh, we're going to deduct you 10 points, deduct you like 20 points for Everton if the second one goes through, Forest, Sheffield United. But what is the point in them playing a season? Like, if you're just going to mm-hmm. wait until they get to 35 points and say, you know what, actually, nah, you, you've been a bit dodgy, you 10 points off. And, like, uh, it, it annoys me because, like, you see so much, um, trying to think of the word without, like, Put myself in court, um, dodginess going on. <laughs> like obviously the Newcastle situation where Miguel Amaron's been linked to the the club that the Newcastle owners own in Saudi Arabia for a thirty million pound transfer. That that's just money laundering, but through fo- football, mm. like like surely would it not be beneficial to Everton's owners if they're in financial fair play to buy another club somewhere? Put a lot of money in, where there's no financial fair play, and then spend two hundred million on one of like Dominic Calvert will Lewin. Yeah, and like they said, so they mentioned about um, one of the clubs getting away with financial fair play because they invested in the stadium, but they were charging Everton for the money they put into the stadium, and then that, like, well, surely that's an unfair advantage because West Ham got a stadium for free, Man City got a stadium for free. Like you're basically saying, if you build your own stadium, then you you can't compete in the Premier League anymore. Or like you, you that that money, like you're investing in the area, you're investing in the um the actual club. Like these stadiums, like Goodison's been there for like a hundred hundred and twenty years. Like you you can't just stay there because financial fair play. We we have to stay here. We can't build a new stadium. That's just I don't I don't know. I don't know. What do I know? Um. Go on, what are you going to say? It's just, uh, it's just a case of um, the, the, the purpose of it is just uh, the, the, the Premier League probably wants to keep Everton and Goodison. Yeah. Because it just limits them, doesn't it? Yeah. Let's be honest. You know, as much as like Goodison is kind of like held in like a high regard because it's like one of like the oldest stadiums left, it's a traditional ground, it does limit that football club yeah well it's, it's dated isn't it like, like, let's be honest yeah. um i think tottenham have gone through the same situation where they've had to sell harry kane because they've built this massive stadium that sky sports and the premier league wax lyrical about how good this amazing stadium is and it's like one tiered stand is like the best atmosphere they've ever heard but they've had to reduce this expenditure on the pitch because of that stadium and i just think well that's not fair like if you want to have us if you want us to have the best leagues in the in the world and like I think that's why, like you, like previous Euro bids have failed because the stadium's not been 
like great compared to like other yeah. countries like the infrastructure is not great but then clubs invest in the infrastructure and you punish them for it so where does that leave the future of english football like we've got a lot how many clubs in the championship now have got new stadiums i can't really I mean, they probably have, but like if you go further down the pyramid, like League One, League Two, if they all went, like if they all got the funding up in the Premier League, they would all build new stadiums if they could do. There's not many that would stay where they are because yeah. most of the stadiums in that situation are very dated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, something I want to talk about, which is like related to the, the governance of football and how it's regulated, and it would probably lead us on to. Today's news actually with the money from the Benkies being delayed by the uh, the issues at court is that the EFL, when they do the fit and proper owners test, prospective owners have to show evidence, they have to prove that they can provide clear and unrestricted funding for the prospective club. Now, if prospective owners have to do that, why do current owners, why, why are they not held to the same expectation? Because right now, Benke's funding for Rovers is not unrestricted. It's dependent on the courts, say, the, 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 court, the, the court's approval. Yeah. So why is that not being governed, regulated? Yeah, like if, if Benkis were to buy a club now, they wouldn't pass the fit and proper test because their no. funding to the club is un, like is restricted. But why yeah. are they allowed to remain in charge whilst their funding is restricted? Like if, if the EFL could take over and manage it until they have a situation where they, it's now unrestricted and then they can like start funding the club again. I don't know how it would work, but... Right now, Benkis cannot freely fund Rovers. It's fact. Yeah. They're, they're dependent on approval from courts in India. So, surely to me, the EFL, that, that should be a scenario that just triggers like, some form of intervention straight away. Yeah. And, it, and if it, it, I mean, you texted me today saying, would you take administration? And yeah, I would. Um, yeah. if it leads to a point reduction, if it leads to relegation I'm fine with it but this cannot carry on because it's it's dragging the heart and soul out of the club like people that even the most loyal supporters not just to them but to the club are being they're being I mean they're just tearing the community apart and people are going to lose jobs um, and they just don't they just don't care let's be honest they say that and then they said like Waggett says, oh, they keep investing in the club. They're, they're happy to keep putting money into it. But it's they, the they just don't care. Though. Yeah, it is. Investing to pay bills, it's like, you're just existing as a business, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. And the, 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 the concern with the news today is that whilst that funding gets delayed, they're probably going to sell Adam Wharton for 20, 25 million, whatever, to, to cover that in the meantime. So the money that you're getting for your generational talent that you've produced is just paying bills. Yeah. If you're selling a £25 million player, that should put you on a playoff push for the next three to four seasons where for us, yeah. it's going to keep the lights on for the next eight weeks. 
that's it nothing else like and i think it can't be a coincidence that the day after or like the day of the court being delayed um a deal's been agreed with crew for oriadon i think it has been if this gets approved we'll buy him if not we'll have to do a payment plan sort of thing um and when they found out that they can't just stump the cash up crew have said yeah we'll have to accept this or whatever um and then Adam Wharton to be flat. Let's be honest, it, it doesn't come out of thin air like the day after this happens that Crystal Palace want to put a bid in. He's obviously being offered to someone. Um, mm. that we're being forced to sell following the court delays. He, he doesn't want to, Well, I don't think he wants to move. Um, no. I saw I saw a Man United fan on Twitter like, oh, I've been speaking to some Blackman fan mates and... Uh, they've been like they've been saying that the last couple of games he's looked like he's been playing for a move. How? How? I mean, if you're saying that he's lazy, he always plays like that. He, ro- he, he walks around the pitch, but he's just that good. He doesn't need to he run. So he watched that this game. Obviously, his goal, but just other moments. Like there's one or two moments in every Rovers game where his head's too quick for for our team. Yeah. So it's, it's the passes and, and people say. Why has he played that there? But like, he's just expecting. That's just his football break. He's yeah. expecting things to happen that just aren't possible at this level. But there was one in the last minute um, where he were, he were like to the left hand side of the box, and he's reversed it into and like reversed it and whipped it into JRC running into the box, and JRC's touch has gone above his head. Like, for, like, so he's whipped it on the floor and his first touch has gone above his head. Now, I know he's been out for weeks, JRC, so I can fault him for, like, a bit rustiness, match sharpness yeah. and whatnot. Don't mind it at all. But for Adam Wharton to play a pass like that and not even see a shot on target from it, I'd be knocking out manager's door to leave as well. I just, I just mm. walk off. I get to the point where I'd be like, you know what? What, what am I doing here? Like, what, why? Yeah. Like, what, do you, what more do you want from me? He's literally putting passes on a plate and the quality in front of him is not good enough. Um, one thing I, I do want to say about the transfer rumours that come today, is Crystal Palace the move for Adam Wharton? Yeah, it's not... When I watch Crystal Palace, do I think... For, I don't think. When I watch Crystal That's, Palace, do I think a young central midfielder is going to stand out in that team? I could understand him going to a ball-playing team where they play through the lines and he's going to get see a lot of the ball, shine, get 10, 15 assists, and he could potentially see it as a stepping stone to next the next where, club. Where would be, what would be the ideal Premier League club for him now, do you think? Blackman Rovers. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, I mean, let's have a look. Who's in the Prem? <laughs> football podcast who's in the Premier League yeah who's in the Premier League nowadays it's a Black and Rose podcast not a football podcast Newcastle uh, yeah yeah um, I mean they're a bit they're a bit uh, physical under uh, Eddie Howe they're not really a football playing team are they um, potentially a Wolves under Gary O'Neill Wolves yeah like, very good football inside Fulham um, but I mean Crystal Palace they're having a stinker of a season the five points above Luton and Luton have got a game in hand. Like they're only a bad run away from being in the same division next season. Is is that the move for Adam Wharton? Like who I mean, for me, 
by I don't understand why Man United aren't going in for him. That young English talent in like in midfield with I know they got that Manu at the minute who's like a similar mould to him, but I'd say he's better than what they've got in there. Yeah, I don't think there's. I mean, I'm you know obviously I'm not you know one hundred percent. Like knowledgeable in every single club in the championship, but I don't think there's anyone as good at his age in his position. I, I, I just don't think. No, definitely not. People have said like he exists. Yeah, people have said like Dewsbury Hall, but they play a completely different position. Um, I still, I still, I see Dewsbury Hall as a Premier League player because Leicester haven't dropped off since being relegated. They're still the Prem mm-hmm. team that they were last season. Um. So, I mean, I'm looking at the teams. Yeah, Bournemouth, Wolves, Fulham. That'd be that sort of like Crystal Palace is not the move for him at all. I, I just can't see it. And I just, I don't want to say it's a sideways move because obviously they're, they're a Premier League team. They've been a Premier League team for years, but I don't see how the way his career is going at the minute, like that trajectory upwards, I feel like that's just like a plateau for him. I don't think he gets the next yeah. move because of the way they play or like they might change. I mean, they change managers every so often. Like the next manager coming in is not fancy him at all. Mm. So. I mean, if he continues to develop at the same rate. Yeah. The sky's the limit for him, let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, what else have we got to say? Have we got any? I've got no more notes left. Been ranting on for an hour. So. Have you got anything last to say? I don't think so. Are you going to lie down in a dark room now? <laughs> yes. About the, uh, the family guy, uh, Clifford Stewie. Yeah. Like, actually, it's been good to, to vent, I think. Yeah. I mean... I watched the Rovers Chat podcast the other day. Them three, la- them three lads are the same. They're, they just, they sound so deflated. I'm I'm trying my best to not sound deflated in my tone of voice, but it's just it's just not happening. I just can't. You just got to be realistic. We can't come on and you know be like, oh, oh we've won one game in ten, get in. A draw against Huddersfield, though. I mean, they were in the playoffs four years ago. Um. So yeah. Well, that's. Hopefully, we'll have better news the next time we're back. Um, I doubt it. So, we will um, we'll see you after the Monday. Uh, we'll be back after the Wrexham game. It depends what happens to you now and then, let's be honest. It will be Wrexham yeah. and transfer deadline day on on the Wednesday. Um, so, we'll have lots to speak about then. Well, I say we have lots to speak about outgoings more than incomings I think um, but yeah we'll see you all then thanks Lewis again for ranting and yeah. cheering me up and I'll see you all in a bit see you in a bit Podcast Network. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.